Hello, everybody, and welcome back to PandaCast. I am Rainbow Panda, and today we have our special guest for the second time joining us. We have Spindash. I guess this would make it, is it three or four Team Rainbow Dashes now? Four or five, and I'm holding up like devil horns, but nobody can forget. Yes. <laughs> like, motherfucker. It's fine. Today, we have rejoined with each other to go over the Full Gear 2020 card for the upcoming AEW pay-per-view. We had so much fun doing the WrestleMania in April that we had yep. to do it again, and I couldn't think of going who I would want to go over this with besides you, because uh, it's just so much fun to do it the last time. So and it's like a double whammy. This is a double whammy of wrestling yeah. for us this week, because we did the Nerd Rage podcast yeah. that we talked about, and, and it's funny, because I'm looking at this card, and there are things that we've, we missed when we were talking the other day that yeah. we can talk about tonight, which is going to be great. Yeah, and I feel like so much happened on... Um, this last dynamite even to kind of go in with what we talked about on monday so um if the, anyone is interested we me and spin did a whole two hour podcast on yeah. monday it came out yesterday today? yeah today but yesterday yeah and this time where yeah, yeah. we talked not only about aew but impact wwe just basically anything that you could want in the wrestling world so definitely it, check that out it's interesting because I'm looking at this card right now, and if you notice something, um, and it's interesting because earlier this week it was it was put out there that WWE was not renewing their trademark on the name Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And now he had on on Wikipedia it says Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I think I saw on Twitter it was an article that they said after Dynamite. So I don't know if they meant after like yesterday's Dynamite or after the next dynamite but mm. his Rhodes name i guess as long as he wants to use it will be back i know in the past he has said that he almost doesn't he wants the copyright but he almost doesn't want to use it because he wants to make a one named athlete over but yeah. maybe he's changed his mind since then i mean he's already got it and plus you know with his brother going by dustin Rhodes mm -hmm. and AEW to be cody Rhodes and have the Rhodes well, brothers Brandy Rhodes. He's yeah. There, there's you know. Brandy Rhodes. You know the Nightmare Family. It works. So I'm just happy that he gets. If he wants to use it, he gets to use it because when you are the son of a wrestler, it it, it kind of sucks when you can't use yeah. that name. You know, it'd be kind of like uh, if if God forbid Ted DiBiase Jr. came back to, to wrestle and he couldn't use Ted DiBiase Jr. You know, so. Well, and I mean, it's sort of similar. They also have the trademark to Billy Gunn. They own the gun. Yeah. So he's just Billy, although there are still some some slip-ups on the commentary in AEW. I have noticed even um, on last night's Dynamite, Chris Jericho kept calling Trent, Trent Beretta, which I'm pretty sure the WWE owns Beretta, but I might be wrong on that. I, I thought he went by Beretta in, in New Japan when he was over there. I thought he went by just Beretta at one point. I'm not sure, but I do know that he he has dropped it. And every time people ask him about his last name, he kind of like always has a question mark on. It's like Trent yeah. question mark. Yeah. So I don't know if they technically own it, but he usually doesn't go by it. So hopefully um, all of these last names being thrown around that are copyrighted by WWE aren't getting AEW fines and lawsuits and all of that because it sounds like they have enough issues between each other without worrying about like a last name count. But to start off um, the pay-per-view, we will start off with the buy-in, which is the new buy-in. The old one um, we'll talk about later was originally Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. But after people questioning why that was the buy-in because they wanted to pay for it. Tony Khan was like, okay, cool. I'll take your money and we'll have a new buy-in. So the new buy-in is Serena Deeb and Allison Kay. Now Serena recently has won the NWA World Women's Champion from Thunder Rosa, which I found that to be interesting just because she is signed to AEW. So it's kind of like unusual that like, 
somebody would get the title when they're they're signed to a different company. But I think that that just goes to show the relationship that NWA and AEW have developed. This match is interesting all of itself because on the 3rd of November, Allison Kay publicly came out and stated that she was leaving the NWA. She was no longer affiliated with the National Wrestling Alliance. Mm-hmm. But now here at Full Gear, she's challenging Serena Deeb for the NWA Women's Championship. So it's really weird that she would come out on the 3rd and say, I'm done with the NWA. And it was her one of her, you know, and she had just come back after eight months of being away because of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. And now she's challenging Serena Deeb. Personally, I feel Serena Deeb is going to win. She's going to mm-hmm. retain because it, it to me it makes no sense to put it on Allison K after she public I mean it was on Twitter and everything that yeah. she publicly came out and said I'm leaving plus this feel good story of Serena Deeb uh, winning the championship which was yeah it was a surprise her beating Thunder Rosa um, but it is a it's, it's a underdog story for Serena Deeb who has been trying for many years to get back into that mm-hmm. into that you know to make herself relevant again after um, leaving WWE the first time um, with the Straight Edge Society, and she she was fired from there, and then she took years off, came back uh, on the Indies, made a made a comeback at the May Young Classic, and then worked backstage with the Performance Center until this year. She was one of those ones that was let go yeah. during COVID. Um, and now she's the woman's champion. So I honestly think for buy-in, hopefully Tony Khan gives them the time to tell a story in this match, especially being a, pre, a pre-show a pre match and a free match. Um, but I definitely want, and something we talked about was the women, and we'll talk about that more once we get to the women's championship match for AEW, is I want them to be able to start telling a few more stories. To start making me, why am I invested in the NWA Women's Championship? Right. So hopefully Serena and I mean, these are two women that can go. Allison Kay is a phenomenal athlete, a great run in TNA. Uh, Serena Deeb, we know can wrestle. She's, she's very good. So hopefully they have enough time to tell a story, but I'm going to have to give it to Serena. Yeah. I definitely think that Serena is going to walk away with it. Um, It will be interesting. I think that they will give them a decent match. One thing that I have noticed about the AEW pay-per-views versus um, WWE is that they do tend to not have the shorter matches on the pay-per-views. You know, they let the people have the time, tell the stories, have good matches, and so I'm hoping that that's what happens with this one. I do think that Serena will take it. I do. I I'm not sure where exactly they will go with it. It is interesting, almost that they didn't put the title against another person like maybe bringing in like Penelope Ford or another AEW talent but I still think that it will be interesting to see how it gets set up because Allison K she's not signed with AEW or NWA at this point she's kind of just a an independent on her own so yeah this will be something that leads to her finally signing with AEW if the NWA thing was just a work and she ends up going back there it'll it'll be interesting to see the second match, which was originally the buy-in, as I mentioned earlier, Orange Cassidy versus John Silver, which I hadn't really realized until somebody on commentary last night, but it's sort of like color versus color here. We have orange versus silver. Yes. This one's a tough one because Orange Cassidy, of course, will be the fan favorite going in here. He is, he's got the crowd. It's debatable, though, because Johnny, John Silver at least on like I think the whole reason this came together is because they are both people that got very over during COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. John Silver, while he is technically a heel in the dark order, if you watch the stuff that he's doing on BTE and the energy and all of that and how he works with the members of the dark order and the bits that he has with Brody and everyone, like he has a personality and he he could be great as a heel or a face, but like they both just have such polarizing personalities and polarizing like just auras about them. And so I think that it will be just interesting to see how they, they get together. I think it doesn't look like it eight months ago. If you had this match, it would have been like, what? But now I think it's, it's going to be a really great match. 
and the, and then you have the wild cards in there. You know, the rest of the Dark Order being a mm-hmm. factor, but then you have you know the best friends, you know, being there with Orange Cassidy. Uh, so it really, it, so this one is everybody's game, but I'm going to have to be based off momentum, based off momentum and what AEW has been doing with them. I'm going to give it to John Silver with the dark order because they've definitely been building the dark order up. They've been adding members. They've been building the dark order up to be this, this monster faction, um, with the stuff they did with Brody bringing in Anna Jay. Um, I got to give it to John Silver. As much as I think Orange Cassidy is more probable as the winner, and it would be better, I for him. Um, I th- and and we know he can go when he gets that that. Yeah. Once he kind of, it's kind of like he wakes up. He gets out of that. He gets lucid. He can go. We've seen that with him versus Jericho and and yeah. all that. But I'm going to give it to John Silver in the Dark Order just because I think the momentum behind the Dark Order is is there. And that's where AEW's going. I think it will depend on one. I know in the past when Orange has his solo matches, best friends usually come out with him and then they go back through the tunnel and sort of watch back in the locker rooms. But I think that with this match, John will probably have at least two or three members of the Dark Order ringside with him. And so it would be in Orange's best interest to keep best friends out there to keep everything from just getting crazy. I I almost think that Orange will win this based on his momentum. Like he's coming off of his win from Jericho and it's sort of like to have John beat Orange, it would almost like diminish Chris Jericho in a way. But I could I could see it go either way, honestly. I I think it will be a, a great match and I think it could end up being like a crowd a crowd favorite for sure. I expect lots of orange Ca- Cassidy chants and definitely a Johnny Hungy chant as well because that it's just gotten so over. I do see a lot of interferences. I almost Part of me wonders because they've sort of teased on and off like Colt Cabana is he's not an official member. He didn't, I guess, drink the Kool-Aid officially or sign a contract or whatever the Dark Order does to fully initiate a person. And I could almost see this maybe being a match that Colt like maybe starts turning back towards maybe I don't want to be here. We have seen that a little bit in the past where Mm -hmm. he loses and Brody kind of takes out frustrations and and all of that. I think that eventually that will come to a head, whether they wait until Brody Lee returns from his injuries or it starts sort of happening now. But I, I, if Colt comes out with John Silver, I could see him potentially changing his his sides in the past. Because I think he teamed with Best Friends at one point, didn't he, in for like a six-man or something? Yeah, something like that. So he kind of has a lot. He's worked with both sides. So it'll it'll be interesting for sure. All right, the, I guess it's not the last, but this is a match that, I don't know, I never really knew that I wanted, but I I am excited to watch it. It is Chris Jericho versus MJF, and if MJF wins, he is allowed to join the Inner Circle. I love the Inner Circle, I love MJF, but I don't know that they need to be together. I like the buildup that they've done. I was one of those that actually really liked the musical promo that they did. Mm. And I think that it has the ability to be a really good match. And for two heels to come together, this was sort of the perfect way to make it make sense. But I, I do think that Jericho will end up taking it just because... MJF almost needs his own group. He doesn't need to be in a group. Like he has Wardlow and at least during his like John Moxley title thing, he had like his whole like campaign team and all of those people. Like he needs, he's basically like a younger Chris Jericho in a way. Like he doesn't, the faction, it just doesn't make sense for me. So I would say Jericho needs to win this match. I'm going to give it to MJF and here's my reasons why I'm giving it to MJF. If you look at it, Jericho is that seasoned veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been around forever. He's won world championships. He's that seasoned veteran. MJF is that new, loud, 
young star coming up in the business. And, and MJF, he's good on the mic. He's yes. good in the ring. And when I look at this, I flash back to the nation of domination. I flash back to when The Rock came into the nation. Because you had Farouk. You had, you had Ron Simmons, former, former world heavyweight champion. Ron Simmons leading this group. And he was the leader. And everybody was behind him. And then you had that Rock come in. And all of a sudden, Rock started stirring that pot. He started getting in the minds of D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry and the Godfather. And then they kicked out, they, they kicked out uh, Farouk. I can almost see them doing that here. Is MJF gets into the inner circle and then he starts becoming that rock. He starts working everyone else until they kick Jericho out, which turns Jericho face. And then it's Jericho against those that he was with. And I think that would be a great story for Jericho, especially knowing that he's getting up there in years. We don't know how much longer he plans to be in the business, but this could be a way for Jericho to kind of pass that torch to MJF. Um, so I'm going to give it to MJF because I think there's so much more story they could do with Jericho and MJF. Um, and, and I'm seeing this nation of domination style and it's, it's very, very good. I am wondering if, MJF does manage to win if one Wardlow would come with him or if this would be how Wardlow finally breaks off on his own to show the talent that he can bring to the table as a singles competitor. But also in the beginning of this storyline, you have MJF that's very openly feuding with Sammy Guevara. So I was wondering, or I was thinking that if MJF does join, I think Sammy will be the first one that's pushed out. MJF and, almost take his place, and I think that's where the match later on in the card is going to play is going to have is going to play into it. There's a match later on in the card that I think that's why MJF is going to win. Wardlow, they built him up when he came in. They had those vignettes. They were building him up just to kind of make him the muscle for MJF. So what I can see here is MJF gets in. Wardlow, of course, has to go with him because it's his muscle. They kick Jericho out. Hager is going to go with Jericho. Yeah. So Hager will be with Jericho when Hager gets back. He's currently, I think, competing in Bellator. Um, so Hager will come back. He'll be with Jericho. And, and then, then there will be this, the, the final hurrah will be this Jericho faction against the, his former inner circle. And, and it will lead to all out. And that's where the, the, the final of that whole storyline will happen. If they go that route, they should make it last till all out and, and and it would be amazing i think it has potential to do that for sure mm -hmm. if if it does end up happening do you see eventually santana and ortiz leaving and almost reforming lax i could see them forming something um I was thinking earlier today something I I want to see I like I definitely want to see and I hope one day it happens is I don't know if it has happened maybe in the Indies but I would love to see Santana and Ortiz versus the Briscoes. That would be cool. I, I'm just thinking the way that they're, they're kind of both kind of in that roughneck style of wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think there will be a time where uh, down the road Santana and Ortiz will break off and 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 start their own faction maybe even. You know, Santana and Ortiz, then bring in uh, Diamante and Ivelisse. Right. Um, you know, kind of form that LAX style that the that Hernandez and, and Homicide had with um, Zelina Vega and uh, Sarita. It was like Sarita and, um, yeah, it was Sarita and, and Zelina Vega. But, uh, uh, yeah, I can see that. And I think that would be, uh, this will be the implosion. MJF will end up causing the end of the inner circle but it will lead him to a bigger stardom within the company. I, I can see that. I still kind of hope that Jericho wins, but I, I will be interested to see if MJF wins, which, I mean, MJF only has the one loss under his belt. So, I mean, he sort of has the better record in the company. Mm -hmm. It will be interesting to see for sure what happens with that and the fallout. I mean, they've said before, if MJF wins, we'll never hear the end of it. So it's just like, how how far is that going to go? So the last non-title match 
we have on the card is the Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. And this is the elite deletion match. And it will be held on the Hardy compound from what I can remember. I think that this match, the fact that they didn't end it with that last match that was very botched and, you know, mm. it, it basically ended as soon as it started because Matt may or may not have gotten a concussion. I think everyone thinks that he, he definitely had some sort of injury and it was a little bit refuted, but either way, having it in the way that that match ended for such a, a good buildup, I'm glad that they decided, no, we're not done with this. And they're finally having an, an elite deletion match to sort of hopefully this will be the last match that, that ends at all and finally seals the Matt and Sammy feud. So this is where I'm going to play into to the previous match with MJF getting into the inner circle and him feuding with Sammy Guevara. I, I, I'm, I'm going to feel that Matt Hardy is going to win this. He, he's going to win this, especially since he's no longer on the auspices of the WWE where things are kind of, he, he's kind of watched. Um, this is, this is ripe, especially, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping we see senior Benjamin. Mm-hmm. I want senior Benjamin there, you know, Wolf. I, I want Wolfgang. I want King Maxwell. I want, I want Reddy. all the kids. I want, oh. I want everyone to just take out their aggressions on Sammy for all the things that have yeah. happened in the last like couple of months. The only one we won't see is Jeff, sadly. Although yeah. we kind of cool if we saw Willow or, or, or Itchweed, you know, he, it's not, maybe it's, they'll put one of his aluminumies on the, compound yeah, it, presence known i mean because it's not jeff it's it's willow it's not jeff you know we know it's it's different but uh, i'm gonna give it to matt hardy uh it's on the it's on the hardy compound you can't beat them on the hardy compound they have never lost on the hardy compound um even through it all and so he's gonna win and this is gonna lead to mjf once he gets into the inner circle starting to kick out sammy guevara and this is what's going to bring Sammy out of his comfort zone, get him out of the elite, the, the inner circle. And he's going to start uh, that crusade against the inner circle um, against MJF. Um, so I'm giving it to Matt Hardy. Uh, if Matt's been, if Matt is doing what he wants to do with this, it is going to be on par with say the final deletion, the, uh, you know, the stuff he did in TNA. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, just give me, give me senior Benjamin, you know, preparing the fields and I'll be one of percent happy. It could also be interesting to see what he does. If they have the lake of reincarnation, is he going to throw Sammy in the lake of reincarnation? Yeah. You know, what, what happens there? Cause that could also play a big key thing. And cause any, everybody who gets thrown in the lake ends up changing and uh, the storylines keep going on. So, and, and, and as we know, Damascus the the one who embodies the vessel of of Matt Hardy uh, is is more dangerous than his previous than the previous uh, broken person in there, but um, I want to see the broken. I really want to see the broken. I've heard Matt's been try- been wanting to bring the broken back. Yeah. Um. So because he came in. Then he started doing the stuff with the best friends, and it was it was more. He kind of took on that role of like Michael Hayes when the Hardys first started with the with the with the best friend, not with the best friend, private, private party. party. Yeah, he kind of became that Michael Hayes mm-hmm. to private party. Um, but I want to see this the broken. I, I want yeah. that's what Matt is right now. He's broken. I want to see the broken. So I'm giving it to Matt. I'm interested in seeing how the Lake of in- of Reincarnation, how if that will be used almost like they did in the graveyard match for WrestleMania with AJ and Taker, where if Matt's like, you know, it looks like he's almost beat, does he get thrown into the lake and then he turns into one of his other versions? How many versions of Matt are we going to see in this match? And I, I think that this being the brainchild of Matt Hardy being definitely some sort of cinematic match. I think that this could be one of the best matches on the card. I can think of like one for me that might top it, but I, I think that Matt, when you give him free reign, he does amazing things. And I think that, 
you know, the, the match that he finally was able to have with Bray Wyatt and WWE on the compound, it was good. He didn't have full control, but now he okay. has that control back. And I think that we will get to see something. This might be like one of the most memorable matches of Sammy Guevara's career. And I'm looking forward to seeing this feud ended the right way, the way that it should have at the last pay-per-view. And I hope that everyone on the compound gets involved and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So uh, all of these matches are so good. Um, I guess this one technically was, I said the last one was the last non-title. There is one more. It is the long anticipated hangman adam page versus kenny omega and the winner of this will go on to be the new number one contender and get a title shot at i'm guessing will be the next pay-per-view but it may be on a dynamite this match they've sort of this has like been something that's been brewing all year from when they first made hangman and kenny a team you could see a little bit of animosity between them even after they had won the titles there are many times it was like oh are they going to turn on each other like what's happening it was very evident that they weren't always on the same page but they always made it work they always got the job done and they became a very beloved tag team then ftr came in they kind of got under hangman's like skin and after they lost the titles kenny was kind of done he's been teasing off and on probably for most of the year, whether or not the cleaner is going to come back. I think that at full gear, the cleaner will come back in the fullest capacity possible. I, on paper, I definitely think that Kenny is going to win this match. However, I am wondering since they are overhyping it in a way and they're making it seem like he definitely is going to win. I almost wonder if Paige will end up winning as an underdog because it just seems like if they're going to bury him from the beginning, it sort of, where does he go after that? But I think that this has the ability to be one of the best matches on the card. The last pay-per-view that, I guess the one that they had with the Bucks was probably one of the biggest matches of the year. And these two were both in that. And I think that on their own, they, they can do it. So. I, think, I think we're going to see a story in this match. This match is definitely going to tell a story. It's going to be emotional because yeah. uh, because of the two, uh, the two men involved. I personally am giving it to Kenny. In my and, and here's my reasons. When AEW started, they pushed Hangman. Mm-hmm. They they pushed him. He won the Battle Royal. He went on to face Jericho for the title. He had his. He had. They pushed him. Now, even though you know him and Kenny were tag team champions for a very long time, if you look at the people that came in. Other than the Bucks, because the Bucks really haven't had, they've, they've never had a run with a title, mm-hmm. but they've had pretty big matches. You got to think Cody's, Cody's been pushed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks have been pushed. Hangman was pushed. A lot of the elite were pushed. The one that really was, another than winning this tag team, cha- you know, winning the tag champions was Kenny. Right. Kenny has the ability to give five star matches. Yes. Um, as much as. Jim Cornette hates Kenny Omega. And we all know <laughs> Corny hates everything. If it ain't from 1975, Corny hates everything. Which, you know, Chief and I met Jim Cornette at C2E2 the other year. We met Jim Cornette. Really nice. He was real nice, but he hates everything. Yeah. Um, but Kenny, especially coming in as the cleaner, show, you know, now that he's coming back uh, to that kind of heel persona, what made him a star in New Japan mm-hmm. was when he became when he was the cleaner. He was a heel with the Bullet Club. This is Kenny's time. This is Kenny's moment. And whether whoever wins the world championship, uh, I think is going to give a great, great challenge for Kenny. Or Kenny's going to give him a great challenge. Now, depending on who wins the world championship either Moxley or Kingston. If it is Moxley, then we get Omega Moxley part two. Yes. From when they, you know, cause when, when Moxley came into the company, the first person he attacked was Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And, but that was face Kenny Omega that he wasn't a heel. Then he was face. He was loving everybody, shaking hands, kissing babies. Yeah. If Moxley retains later on in the night, 
and he then gets Kenny Omega and it's the cleaner, it's going to be a different Kenny. And that could be a really good match. But uh, I think with Hangman, I think there is still a way, places for Hangman to go because um, we do have the TNT Championship. Mm-hmm. But I got to give this one to Kenny. I think Kenny is going to be vicious. He's going to be savage. It's going to push Hangman to that next level. But I think Kenny is going to show why he's elite. It, it is interesting on the last Dynamite, both Kenny and Hangman came out to help the Bucks with the FTR thing that was happening with them in the ring. And there was a moment where Kenny and Hangman kind of like, you know, they fist bumped and like had a, a friendly moment, but then it kind of like, it's almost like Hangman was like, oh wait, I'm not supposed to like you. Like, I'll see you on Saturday. And it was just like a another moment. But the other thing that I noticed, and I this might just be me looking way too into things because that's what I do. They had a, a vignette that played sort of going through the whole relationship of Kenny and Hangman. And in it, they had Don Callis doing his prediction and talking about both of them. And I'm wondering, if they're getting him to do vignettes, does this mean that they may soon have a deal with Impact to do sort of what they're doing with NWA? Possibly. I mean, Don Callis being the, you know, one of the owners of the company can do whatever he wants. Yeah. You know, um, it, it kind of the same lines as when Kurt Angle came back to the WWE, they had Dixie Carter on WWE Network talking about, yeah, you know, Kurt Angle. So it could be something that way, especially Don Callis, um, you know, uh, being the man that he is. I, w- I think I would love to see some of that. The maybe kind of what they did because uh, impact used to do those things where it was like new J- they had new Japan and ring of honor. And then they would have like those cups where it was like the tournaments yeah. between impact ring of honor and all that. So we could see something like that. And knowing the way that Cody and Tony Khan work are working things they're they're building those good relationships with the Indies and with other promotions or trying to with the, with other promotions, uh, not so much the big dog, but the other ones, uh, it wouldn't be outside the realm because they're trying to give more people opportunities to get to get noticed. Because the more you get noticed, the more money you make. So it could be something Tony and and Don are talking about. I mean, it'd be fun to see. I mean, because I mean, then I I would love to see the 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 good. I want to see the good brothers in in AEW. To be truthfully honest, I want to see yeah. the good brothers in AEW. I know that both Jericho. I think a lot of people that have been in Impact in one, or, one way or another probably have some sort of relationship with Don Callis, but I know that Jericho has a really good relationship with him. Yeah, they really have been sort of how he was able to come in for that. But I know in the past they have said that, I don't know, I guess it would have been Tony Khan that had interest in, in sort of collabing with Impact and other indies and other organizations. So not only could this be a good first step, but I was honestly very surprised when... FTR had signed their contract with with AEW because they had made it known that they wanted to face a bunch of tag teams and besides the Young Bucks, they want to face the North. Yeah. So if they were to have a cross promotion, they could bring in the North. And right now, with the North being the tag team champions, you could almost have like a which which brand is better, and it would be. I would love to see that match. There's so many possibilities. You know, a lot of people in Impact had. You know, had done time in AEW. Jordan Grace did time in AEW. Um, you know, Tennille Dashwood's been in AEW. There's a lot of talent that have, that are in Impact that have been in AEW. So there's a very good working relationship. And especially if you are open to those type of things of having interpromotional matches, mm-hmm. it, it's it 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 works. It's along those lines of you know, it, it feels like the territory days where mm-hmm. you know the NWA champion would go to, you know, uh, Midwest or mid South wrestling or California championship wrestling or Florida championship wrestling. You know, it feels like that territory where the champions can go to these other promotions and, and wrestle their people. And yeah, if it's feeling good that the people are trying to get back to that kind of, that kind of age of, of 
going around to different different promotions instead of there just being no we're just going to have one but it's going to be three brands and they're only going to challenge one night a year they're going to come together for brand supremacy but then they fight each other every other week you know i think we're finally getting back to that point in professional wrestling where people are able to watch more than one thing like yeah. you can watch nxt you can watch AEW, you can watch impact and all of that i know back in the 90s with the Monday Night Wars, it seemed like you watched WWF or you watched WCW. You could not watch both. And I was like, but I like to watch both. Like, no, I watched both. And, and oh then I would have the tapes of ECW. Like, not only was I told, oh, you're not allowed to watch both, but also, like, you're a girl, you're not allowed to watch wrestling. And I'm like, don't tell me how to live. Exactly. Um, we were all Medusa fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. My favorite was during Girl Scout cookie season, my family would go to this one. Um, family friend's house and he had like the old tv that had picture in picture mm. so he would have like wwf on one and then in like wcw and on the other little screen and then he would just be flipping back and forth and i was like i need a tv like that yeah well it's like me you know because nitro was three hours mm-hmm. so nitro came on at 8 p.m eastern standard time raw was two hours it didn't come on till 9 p.m eastern standard time so i would get an hour in of nitro switch to raw and then I would switch back and forth during commercials to, uh, you know, to see what I was. I remember distinctly, I watched the episode where Tony Schiavone said, or, uh, yeah, Tony Schiavone said, Mick Foley is going to win their world championship that's going to put butts in the seats. I vividly remember watching that episode of Nitro. Mm-hmm. And now watching Impact and watching AEW, you know, and even online, watching NWA on, on YouTube and I'm finding all sorts of other, like I, I found a promotion. I forget what it's called, but they were hyping up like Jerry Lawler's like 50th. Oh yeah, year I in wrestling that. or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. And it was like him versus like Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert, and mm-hmm. you know, and Tommy Rich looked like shit. You know, it was like he had a big old beer gut and just like. Uh, so I'm finding all these other wrestling promotions that I'm watching and these young stars, uh, and, and I'm like, damn, there's just so much wrestling out there nowadays. It's not just one place and seeing that a lot of guys are coming out of, you know, they were coming out of Lance Storm's, uh, Mm -hmm. Lance Storm's school or Gangrel and Rikishi's school or, um, you know, wherever they're coming from, where they've been learning, there's a lot out there. We see them every week on AEW. There's somebody new on a lot AEW. Of have been starting to come out of Brian Myers' school, like yeah. Chris Outlander. That's where she's coming out of. And then, of course, Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler. He's he's the most professional. I, I love that gimmick. It's my favorite. The most. That's going to be an interesting thing to see where Matt Cardona is going because apparently his he, he didn't have like a full time yeah, contract. Yeah, like a three a three show contract or something, which is interesting. Like the more <coughs> contract, why couldn't it have just been per appearance? But yeah, that's, that's be not my decision. But it'll it'll be very interesting to see where he ends up and when and where and all of mm-hmm. that. All right, the first of the title matches, we have Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen for the AEW TNT Championship. Going with Darby Allen. Yeah, I I will say I'm glad that Cody won in the dog collar match from Brody. I was a little confused. He came back with the dark hair and then like a week later basically had it blonde again. I don't he i don't know why he would no, do that no. to his follicles i know he went away to shoot the the big show show or whatever it's called the go big show which yeah. I think is weird that they chose cody rhodes and not the big show to be on that but not my problem well, he's already got the big show show <laughs> i i heard that got canceled it did but, but like, it, I, I haven't I watched it. it i i watched it it was i don't know it was like a feel-good show it was nice i mean I i'm waiting on the vince mcmahon documentary that's that what I was waiting on is the Vince McMahon documentary. One day. Oh, it's coming. We're also going to get a, apparently we're going to get a Hulk Hogan documentary with um, Chris Hemsworth as uh, as Hulk Hogan. Really? Yeah. Oh. He wants to play it. Uh, but I got to give it to Darby Allen. I think they have kicked Darby around so much. That, and the TNT title is like the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. It should be a title that builds stars. You get, you get an established star like Cody to legitimize the yeah. title you know he legitimizes that title 
then you start building the stars around it. Darby Allen is the comparison that everybody makes. Jericho makes it all the time on his podcast. Darby Allen is the modern day Jeff Hardy. He's yeah, the modern day. Not all the time too. He's the modern day daredevil. He's that kind of hardcore guy. Um, and considering you know that that Havoc is gone, that Jimmy Havoc's gone, you know those those matches that they played up real early in AEW with Darby. Um, it's time for him to find something new. So to get the TNT Championship. Um, would be a boon for him. It'll start his career. And, and, and knowing Cody is all about making those young stars. Mm-hmm. I feel Cody will take the loss here. He will win it. And Cody will go on. Cody will, Cody will go on okay. and do he's Cody. He'll, he will always have something to do, but this is, I think Darby Allen's going to win it. He's going to do it in, in, in fashion that he does the high flying. And, and that's going to be the thing is I think Cody, he's going to play it up that Cody's going to have a hard time kind of grounding him. You know, because Cody's going to have to try to play the ground game with him, but Darby's going to be all over the place. Plus, Darby's a smaller guy. Yeah. So it and does give legitimacy to the smaller guys. Then we get Darby Allen versus Marco Stunt, and Marco Stunt gets the TNT championship. That would be my dream. That is your dream. Yeah. I, I wish the belt looked a little bit better. It really does. That belt is like the only belt in AEW that looks good is the heavyweight championship. <laughs> they need yeah, to. Re- I, mean, I mean, the tag titles aren't. They're the, not bad. The, the women's, women's title, title is too thin. Bigger, it needs to be different. I mean, especially when Nyla holds it, it almost just looks like it would be like a headband for her. It, it's, it's like just, it's, it's the same with Impact. Like they went to a skinnier style women's well, championship. And the, the NWA belt is pretty small as well. I'm like, is the WWE the only one that they kind of have the the regular sized belts for everything? Yeah, if you look at all the other promotions, even like look at like Stardom or the promotions in Japan, all the women's belts are really they're thin, they're small. It's like give me something meaty. Mm-hmm. You know? Give me that give me even if it looks crappy, give me those raw women's championships, you know? Yeah, I I think that this match with Darby and Cody, this is what is this the third match of theirs or the fourth? I do not remember, but I mean they they constantly reference the fact that the first match that they had went to the draw and that was sort of Cody showing the company like hey, like this kid is good, we do need to like bring him in, like he's worth taking the risk on. I think that as long as Darby is able to stay healthy and uninjured, he has a chance of winning this title and finally sort of doing what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be like a stepping stone to furthering your career. And so having, having Cody be the first champion, that was definitely the the next step. I think that him giving it to Brody, that was a good, I mean, that was a good way of building up Brody's character. And I think now it's time for a Darby to come in and show you know, what he can do with it. And I think he could almost be like a Cody where he defends the title every week. I could see him him being that kind of champion. And that could bring some other good matches. However, if Hangman loses to Kenny and his next step is to do the TNT title, I would almost like to see a Hangman versus K- Cody because that could further the whole thing of like, is Cody in the elite? Is he not? And it could yeah. just, that could be a good storyline on its own. But it's possible that Cody, I mean, they they announced like a week or two ago, like they're adding all these people into the Nightmare Family now. Like the Gun Club is in the Nightmare Family and they've added a few other people. So it's like, is is Cody going to maybe take a little bit of a step back and start like forming whatever this Nightmare Family is going to become or, you know, where he goes from there? He can't challenge for the title. So where does he go from here? Yeah, I'm just glad that Allie is out of the Nightmare family and she's being the bunny again. Yes, and and I was glad that on this last Dynamite, they kind of explored that a little bit more. Everything else that they've really done with that has been on Dark. So, like, if you're Mm. not watching it, you're you're not really getting the picture. But having it set up to where next week you have the Butcher and the Blade versus the Natural Nightmares... I think that that's going to be very interesting to see and what happens with that. I'm looking forward to that match. I almost, there's just so many people like this card. It's a good card. It's stacked, but I'm just like, Oh, there's just so many people, but I also don't want it to be like a 17 hour pay-per-view because they yeah. do tend to give all of their matches a good amount of time. 
I almost yeah. expect the shortest match to be like 10, 15, like 15 minutes would be like the shortest match in my brain. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I can see Darby winning. But if Cody's going to win, then I would like to see Cody and Hangman in the future for the title. We have the women's match. Hikaru, Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. Vicky Guerrero will be in Nyla's corner. This is where I have an issue with the AW women's division. Mm-hmm. Is it's it's not stacked. There are so many there's so many women that they have, but it's they haven't built anybody up mm-hmm. to really have a shot. So we always get the same people in these matches, and it's Nyla Rose, which honestly, I mean, she's done more on Dark than she has on Dynamite. Yeah. So, but she's getting the shot. Nyla is going to win. I think Sheeta has held the title for long enough. It's going to go back to Nyla. And especially with Vicky, this is going to, you know, she's going to play up. I told you, I'm going to, you know, get the title back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but the question is, is if they give the title to Nyla, who is going to step up and be able to take her out? Because they've had her pretty much squashing everybody. So, do you think this is where Awesome Kong potentially comes back? She could come back, Awesome Kong. Now, I would. Now, it could also be like you were saying earlier with a partnership. Mm-hmm. This is where we could see maybe Nyla Rose against, say, Jordan Grace, mm-hmm. or the Virtuosa Diana Perrazzo. Or if she comes in, we don't know where she's going. If they sign Tessa Blanchard, there's a lot of females out there that they could bring in against Nyla that could be a, an actual threat. It's just the ones that they have, and I'm talking like Red Velvet, mm-hmm. Big Swole, Little Swole, you know, Kylie King. These, these women, have, they've made them lose so often they're not credible, cha- they're not credible contenders. Right. So it really is, you know, Chris Statlander's out injured. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who, who could possibly even have a shot against Nyla? And that's why I don't have much into this match. I'm not invested yeah. in this match. I love Sheeta to death, but I'm just not. Do you think that this is where they take the fact of how hot the Dark Order is and they start pushing Anna Jay? I think they could push Anna Jay. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the women's roster right now, uh, for AEW. Um, and just looking at the roster, it's like Anna J could, they could push Anna J. Um, the only other one that I could see possibly giving Nyla a run would be Britt Baker. Yeah. If she's fully, I think she's still now fully healed. Yeah. So they have her. I know that they've done, they pushed Penelope for a while. I don't see them going that route again at the moment. They could, it seems like they might try and push Brandy, but they've also been doing so much with tag teams with her. Yeah. That's another storyline that I kind of wish that they would finish is, you know, Allie left the Nightmare family, but I mean, she also had the tag team with Brandy. And I mean, they were kind of getting along. I mean, they even had their own theme music made. So I would like to see like a, a Nightmare Sisters feud at this point just to sort of tie up all of the loose ends. Now, looking at this roster, there is one other name. Well, there's two names on there I can see that could possibly be good contenders. One is what I said on the Nerd Show, Ty and R. Conti, Tay Conti. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I love Tay Conti. I've loved her from from the May Young Classic, and I wish they pushed her and actually did something with her. I think they tried to do something with her with the Undisputed Era at one point, but it never really went anywhere. The other one is Mel. Yeah, I was wondering about her. Now, Mel has not done much. They had that storyline with her and, like, Awesome Kong and all that, and then it just just, didn't go anywhere. But she's tall. She's she's built. She could be a a contender. but I, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna give it to Nyla. 
I think it's going to be another Nyla run. Um, Sheeta, Sheeta, Sheeta losing. She doesn't lose anything by losing to Nyla Rose. Sheeta has proven herself as a contender. She, I mean, her matches with Thunder Rosa were amazing, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't hurt Sheeta to lose here. Yeah, but Nyla. If they if 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 Nyla loses, it kind of kills any momentum they have with Nyla and Vicky. So I think it is. I think it is Nyla's time. Yeah, because I mean, one of the reasons that she brought in Vicky was to get you know these title opportunities. So for her to lose this quickly, it's almost like okay. So now then, why do you even have Vicky? Yeah, I'm wondering if Vicky will eventually turn into what Tully Blanchard is becoming and have more people under her wing that she's managing and not just Nyla. That would be interesting. I would there's I would almost love to see Chavo show up at some point Mm -hmm. just because I need some Chavito in my life. Just as a one off at least. Even a one-off. I need some Chavo. Well, and I mean, we're talking about on Monday how, you know, her daughter is back training and all the possibilities that that could open up. And Shaw's got it. I mean, I remember I was watching, there's a video online, anybody can go out and look at it. It's from Lucha Underground when Shaw did the guest commentary. Mm -hmm. And then there was like this, uh, uh, another guy who came out, he was like a ring announcer and Shaw did the three, you know, three amigos and she looked great. Shaw can go. She, I mean, she had runs in FCW. So, but to bring Vicky in, it, it's almost like <clears throat> you you got to put it on Nyla. And going to Tully Blanchard, you look at it. Tully got with FTR and their tag team champions. Mm-hmm. When Tully was when Tully was with um, Sean Spears, I mean, Sean Spears didn't really go anywhere with Tully. And yeah. he's still, I think Tully's still with Sean Yeah, Spears. they're still together. They're just, I don't know what they're going after now. Until Tully had FTR, he was trying to find a partner for Spears. But now that he has a tag team, they're no yeah. looking for a partner. So, so I don't know if maybe Spears, I could, I would like to see him um, in the, a, the TNT title picture yeah. at this point. I do think that he was one of those people in WWE that were, was never used properly. And I think no. he's being used better by AEW, but I still think that he's not, he could be used so much better and he has so much more potential. I think with, I think the thing with AEW is they're a company that has been built, bringing in a lot of people. A lot of people are signing. They don't have enough time for everybody. Plus, you know, all these one-offs that they bring in, you know, people, that they, local talent that they bring in. Uh, one of the things they really need to buckle down for, especially with, since they have no scripts, everybody goes out there, flies by the seat of their pants kind of a thing, mm-hmm. is they really need to look at their roster and say, okay, it is time that we push X, Y, and Z. Because um, it's like they brought in Jake the Snake, and he said, oh, he, said oh, he, he has a client, and it turned out to be Lance Archer. But then immediately, you know, Lance loses to Cody, which kind of killed a lot of momentum for Lance Archer. Yeah. They need to pl- book things right and quit having people lose when they come in. That is one of the big issues is people come in, there's, there's momentum behind them and they lose. And that's like, uh, kind of like with team Taz, Brian cage comes in, he loses. It's, it's, it's kind of the pattern. So, but like I said, Nyla Rose is, is uh, the native beast. will be walking out as the women's champion this year. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And then in the much anticipated, I feel like this match is at least five or six years in the making. We have FTR versus the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks have stated that if they lose, they will never challenge for the AEW World Tag Team titles again. And apparently Tully Blanchard is also banned from ringside. How many times have the Bucks actually had a tag team title match? In AEW? In AEW. I think just the one. The one with Kenny and Hangman. So really, what does that stipulation put on? that they, You know, they've only had one title opportunity. This is their second now. This will be their second. Mm-hmm. What does that stipulation even put on there? 
you know, it, it makes no sense to me that you would have Cody lose a match with that same stipulation. Mm-hmm. And now you want to put the Bucks in there, which means the Bucks can never have that belt, those belts. It, it, you know, I am going to call this one, and it is going to be a crazy call. This is going to be a double disqualification because if FTR loses or the Bucks lose, it to me, it doesn't prove anything. But if you can go a double DQ, you can set up for another match with these two teams with some other stipulations that are that are higher or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say there is a DQ somewhere. It's going to be a DQ or something's going to there's going to be something that's going to go on. It doesn't say this has a time limit. If it has a time limit, it might just go the limit. Most of them, don't they have time limits? I think they do. I think, I don't remember. I know that on TV, FTR has in their contracts that it's like a 20-minute match. I don't remember. I don't think the 20 minutes applies to pay-per-views. But I could see it going the time limit. I... I don't think that FTR is done with their title run, but I also cannot imagine like the Young Bucks never having an opportunity. So I feel like something would have to happen to keep them where both things are are possible. That's, it's going to be an interesting finish. I don't think it's going to be a clean finish. I think it's going to be an interesting finish. The other finish I could see, and, and this would be interesting because it it, it could... Really, it would be cool. Double pin. Yeah, that could be good. A double pin. There is no clear winner. One ref says FTR wins, or one ref says, you know, something's going to happen. There's going to be a ref bump. Another ref's going to come out. There's going to be something going on. But I can't call it for either team because I think the stipulations are not. They're not, it's we've seen it before with Cody. Why do we want to see it with the Bucks? And if who, whichever team would lose, it would make that. It, it, I think you kill momentum on either team if either of them lose. Yeah, I, I don't think it would make sense. I mean, Cody already has the stipulation that he can never challenge for the title. For the Young Bucks, it makes. For Cody and the Young Bucks to potentially both step aside and say we will never be champions of our like profession, and then that would leave Kenny as the only EVP that is challenging for a title, and I definitely see Kenny winning the world title at some point. So it's sort of like, well, why why are you allowing him to channel to challenge, but not the other three? It just doesn't make sense. I don't think yeah. that it's a good move for them. Plus. I mean, the Young Bucks, it's sort of, you know, when they're wanting to be, when they are known and all that is one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team, they've won every title except for the ones that they haven't been in the companies for. It just doesn't make sense not that they wouldn't get the titles at some point. But yeah. I don't think that this is the time. I am looking forward to this match. I still feel like it had some buildup because, I mean, this did have such a long history. I mean, FTR is basically named FTR because of the elite and all the things that they've done over the last few years. And I, I think it will be a good match. I hope that it's a great match because with the buildup and with the hype and the expectations, like if something happens and this match is like someone comes in and just throws in a towel like the Cody match, it's going to be like, why did you even do this? Like, this is so dumb. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to be the match of the night, but I do have very high expectations that I'm trying. And even the way they've been sort of building up the Bucks, having them have like an almost heel persona and, and all the changes that they've had in their attitudes and being fined all this money for super kicking everyone and breaking phones and all of that. It's sort of like it all has to culminate somewhere, but I don't I don't see them winning the titles, but I feel like something has to happen where they can still challenge. 100% agree. Maybe one day they'll have like a another match 
that's like if we win then we're allowed to challenge yeah i could see them doing that with cody at some point like i was always confused with that one like throwing in the towel like that counts as a loss like that shouldn't be a thing because then everyone would be throwing in the towels for everybody but i don't i don't think this one will end with a towel hopefully yeah and then we have our main event of the evening, the I Quit match for the AEW World Championship with John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. So this is where I said we missed something because we didn't even mention Eddie Kingston on when we when we shot the show on Monday. Yeah. Didn't even talk about Eddie Kingston, who is a legitimate he's a legitimate contender for a championship. Mm-hmm. You know. Kingston has been around the block. I love that he's in AEW now because people yes. are actually getting to see him because not everybody got Ring of Honor. Yeah. But, you know, and Ring of Honor's television slots were very weird. It was like there was some that was like in the afternoons or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it wasn't prime time where, where people could watch. But Eddie Kingston... Um, and the way he's come in and, and forming his group within AEW um, is is very cool in a way because he's coming in here, he's he's laid his stuff, he's got the Butcher and Blade, he's got the Lucha Bros. Um and it's this one is tough to call. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of those situations where I don't necessarily see either one of them quitting. I almost want to say, like, I don't know, like, them incapacitating each other to the point that, like, they're just unconscious. Like, I I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I have theories, yeah. like, if Eddie Kingston wins, then I think this is what they're going to do. If Moxley wins, I mean, I think that either one has Kenny next, potentially. And, I mean, Eddie has really shown people, like, if you didn't know who he was whenever he first faced Cody for the TNT title, like, you learned real quick that promo that he cut was amazing. Like, he's so good on the mic. He's so good at telling a story and making you feel the emotion. The the history that him and Moxley have and their relationship outside of the ring has really been good at the story and i think that the match regardless of who wins it's gonna be an awesome story to tell kind of like you know wwe also just recently had an i quit match between roman reigns and jay uso and that was probably one of the few matches that roman reigns has had that i actually kind of cared about and i think it was because of of the dynamic that they had of being family and how that played out i mean john moxley and eddie kingston are sort of a family a non-blood family and to show the emotion with the promos on Wednesday and bringing up Eddie's mom and all of that. I almost wonder, I'm like, is Eddie's mom going to be the new Sue? Is she going to be in the, in the crowd having her moment? Mm, yeah, maybe like, uh, the, the, Eddie and, and Moxie, they've, I mean, they fought before for the AEW championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, they fought before for a championship, which Moxley won. And now he's wrestling again. But I think he's better prepared for Moxley this time. So if anybody was to defeat Moxley, it could be Kingston. I mean, Moxley's been champion for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, do they pull the trigger on Kingston and put the title on him? Or if Omega wins, do they keep the belt on Moxley to set up Moxley and Omega? I was wondering if they put the title on Kingston after having the video message from Pac on the last Dynamite, are they going to sort of set up like you took you know, the Lucha Bros from me while I was gone, set up those two, and then maybe Mm. Pac wins, and then you have Pac and Moxley, or Pac and Omega. That could be a, that could be a thing. That could be a thing. But now we also know Pac has also 
Pack and Moxley have a history as well. Mm-hmm. So this is a 50-50 for me, but I'm going to say based off the fact that they had this full tournament, you know, there was a lot, you know, the the story that they're telling with, with Omega and, and Hangman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Moxley. I'm going to say Moxley retains to set him up for for Kings for 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 Kenny Omega. Kingston will go on and honestly I would I think we could Okay, here's where we're going to get it. Here's where we're going to get it. Cuz on Dynamite didn't team FTW say they were going to make their presence known at full gear. I believe so. So Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and them. I honestly feel they are going to take out the Lucha Bros. Well, at least Penta, because we know um, Phoenix is is out. And that's going to set up Kingston's group against FTW. Well, I think they might both be semi-healthy because they're having their rematch on Wednesday. Penta and Phoenix. Hmm. So it will be interesting. I just feel like all of this is setting up for Pac to verse someone. Pac is going to fight somebody. I just don't know how they're going to get there. Pac is going to fight somebody. I'm going to still give it to Moxley. I think they, they need to get a little bit more out of him to get him to Omega. I really think the, I think the, 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 the marquee of Moxley and Omega mm-hmm. is more money than Kingston Omega. And that's not to say Kingston's not a star. Yeah. But there's already been history between Moxley and, and Omega. You got two of the biggest names in the business. Mm-hmm. You have a WWE-made wrestler, even though Moxley did the indies beforehand. And you have the one guy that never went to WWE. Mm-hmm. There's so much story to tell there. There's so much story to tell there. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, I think the lunatic versus the cleaner is just a better story. Yeah, for sure. I They just both have such good potential. I think that that match is going to be <coughs> you know, from start to finish just brutal. Yeah. You know, Moxley is really good at the more hardcore style. I mean, so is Kingston, and they both know each other so well and they're both it's it's just going to be a great story. Like an not to sound cheesy, but like the fans are the ones that are going to win here. Like yeah. we're the champions. With that, that concludes our full gear discussion and predictions. We will probably be back in the future with other predictions, thoughts, opinions on one pay-per-view or another. I am Rainbow Panda being joined by Spendash. Yes. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Good night, everybody.